0: Hey, Dr. Guy, welcome to another episode of Docs Outside the Box. How are you doing?
1: Great, Nate. It's great to be with you again.
0: Yeah, I'm excited that you're here because, you know, I've been thinking lately About a topic that, or at least a word that I think we throw around a lot. You see that in social media. You see that in the hospital. You see doctors talk about this. You see hospitals talk about it when they're trying to recruit you. And that term is physician leadership, and Mm -hmm. we've heard it, you know, thrown around so many times that you kind of look at it almost like a buzzword, um, or a lot of people don't even know what it means. Um, So let's get into it today because I know that in physician CEO. Your amazing program that uh, is a combination of of a program that you're putting together as well as with Northwestern University. Um, you guys talk about building physician leaders. So let's jump right into that. What exactly is physician leadership?
1: well, it's it's like any other leadership. It's about giving people a sense of the purpose of the mission, of delivering that that vision that people need to be able to want to become part of something that's bigger than them. It's setting expectations so that you know what's expected of people and they know how to perform and how to meet what you want and give you what you want. And then it's really, most importantly, it's about overcoming fear. Because, you know, if I have something today and I'm content with it and it's working for me, to get me to move to something else, I have to be willing to surrender that. And and that's a, that's a challenge. Whether that's a big thing or a little thing, fear is, is amazingly present in the human psyche. And as a leader, you have to be consciously aware of it and help people to overcome it. And you do that through vision and inspiration, really showing your
0: passion and your commitment to what you're doing. So question then, doctors, are we naturally leaders? Do we have it innate in us? Talk to us about that. What do you think? I think
1: so. I think a lot of people have it, but they haven't uncovered it. Um, mm. What makes you become a doctor? You know, you have this this inner purpose, this drive, this desire to help and to do to do something that's bigger than you. So you takes you're, a lot of perseverance, defined, your,
0: also. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you've defined yourself as a leader with that. And so, okay. a lot of people don't recognize that in themselves. They don't recognize that you know they they walk into any almost any situation, they're automatically looked at as the doctor, as the person to tell people what to do because you know more than other people. So that's your job. That's and 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 that's the expectation that people have. So now it's just a question of stepping into that role and recognizing that many many doctors. You know, they just don't recognize it. That from the moment they're they're, we call this this, and it's following the Disney concept where they train where they train. You know, um, uh, corporate leaders. But this concept of on stage and off stage, and and when you're on stage, you're you're on stage. When you're off stage, you can be relaxed. You can let your hair down. You can, if you have any, you can (laughs) you can uh, you can be you know kind of um, with your people and just and just you know be be yourself. But when you're when you're on stage you're expected to perform. And so many physicians don't realize from the moment that they step onto their office grounds or hospital grounds, into their office, into the department, wherever it is on the floor, that operating room, whatever the context is, that they are are on stage. And many times they'll allow their personal things to come out, they'll allow themselves to be moody or grumpy. No matter how you behave as a leader, so too will everyone else behave. They, They
0: will model your behavior just automatically. So recognizing that in yourself is so important. So I'm interested in, in actually going into that deeper, right? Because I think even I expected, my expectations before medical school and my expectations during residency were completely different or while I was going through the process of residency. like I felt like there was at least, I'd say close to 50% of stuff that I had no clue about. And this is not clinically related that I had to be aware of. Right, in terms of all the meetings that residents had to be a part of, multidisciplinary meetings. And in those meetings, there are things that I wasn't trained to understand insurance, rehab, how a patient gets to rehab. There's a whole bunch of different things that, you know, not necessarily we are prepared for while we're in medical school or even during residency, even after that. And I think a lot of times physicians may feel, What's the, I want to use, I don't want to say intimidated, but we just feel like, well, listen, clinical medicine is really my lane. Everything else has been pumped up to be just as big as clinical medicine on, you know, in one realm, if you split everything up between fifty and fifty, one side is clinical, the other side is something that I'm I'm not trained on. So we tend to kind of keep our mouths shut on though and on that side. So on that end, what do you say to that when you are speaking up on something that you don't necessarily feel that you know much about?
1: Well, you nailed it. You know, because that's exactly the challenge that we have in developing physician, physician leaders. We, as physicians, uh, respect expertise, right? That all the way through the process. We're always looking to the person ahead of us. We're always learning from the people who, you know, are lecturing or whatever. We, we're right. about about respecting expertise. And yet, we go into a situation where we don't have the expertise to, say, talk about finance or accounting or operations or other points of management. And what do we do? We go quiet. Because one thing we cannot do as physicians, and people who don't, I joke about this all the time, but it's really not a joke. And that is that, you know, our training as physicians with rounds, where they, you know, kind of go to the medical student first, and they get to the point where they don't know the answer, and they maybe humiliate them, maybe they just move on, go on to the intern, go on to the second year, third year, fourth year. And, and finally, the chief always knows the answer, because they're, you know, they're at the top of the pyramid. But you know what, um, that's really not about knowing the answer. It's about learning how to compose yourself and not make a mistake in public.
0: Yes, so we have, that's, as, that's a really, really good point. That is yeah. a really, yeah. And as a result, we tend to clam up. That's right. So yeah. if we don't know the answer, yeah. we go
1: quiet. Yeah. And the point that, you know, when, when I was asked when it, when we developed this program, physician CEO at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, and we were asked, you know, what is the one word? Because they, they, you know, business school is tough. They make you bring things down to the essential core of it. And, and, and they said, what is the one word that describes what it comes out of this? Someone comes to this program. And they leave. What is the thing that that they walk away with? And I said, empowerment. They walk away with empowerment because when you take positions and you let them know, here's how accounting works. It's actually really simple. Here's how finance works. Here's how operations, negotiations, marketing work. We here's here's the here's the understanding of it. Then suddenly they become empowered to speak up at those meetings because they understand those things. And frankly, the training that they get in the position CEO program is generally better than the training. Than most people will get who just kind of come out of school and get their first job and work their way up in hospital administration. So by having the Kellogg background, yeah, having that formal confidence. exposure, it gives you and, and structure, confidence, and structure because you've actually been exposed to it in a very sophisticated way. So that's the thing, you know. That's where that's what we have to break through with position CEOs. We have to get people to recognize that they have two parts to them. Um, you know, behind me is this.
0: Side, I see I your big, your nice this, logo on your right, on your right-hand side. Patience, that's right. right.
1: Yeah, that, that's right. And I like to keep that there because it, it it is that, that reminder that as a physician CEO, you're two people in one, you're the, the, the head of the Eagle and the body of the lion. That Griffin is a 4,000 year old symbol that's been used on everything from beer commercials to, you know, sports and everything else. But the idea is that you're King of the air and King of the ground. And, and, and to do that, you have to separate as a physician CEO and recognize it. You can't just be the, grounded, standard of care, do no harm, follow protocols person. You also have to be the business person, which is, oh my, differentiate, be different, mm. um, yeah. You know, uh, innovate, uh, fail fast. Imagine that as a position, being willing to fail fast. I tried something, it's not working. Guess what? I'm not going to keep doing it. I'm going to recognize it's not working. I'm going to move on to something else and spend my time, my valuable, valuable time, doing something that's going to be productive. It's it's
0: almost as if like we need like a study (laughs) to show in a business standpoint, this is not working. Well, it doesn't work that way in business. And um, right now you guys are going through, um, you're getting ready for, I'd say what, your third module or second module? Going to the second module for 2022. It's our sixth year of the program. Sixth year of the program. So can you talk about any modules or at least any courses that kind of, you know, do and kind of lean in on physician leadership? Is anything like that going on?
1: Oh, sure. In fact, while we cover all the basic topics of a, all the core topics of an MBA program that I mentioned before, um, leadership is in every single module. And so we begin the program with a tremendous uh, introduction to leadership with a very, very established, very successful CEO who comes in and talks about what it is to be a CEO. And, and the first module is called Transitioning to a Physician CEO. So it's about you know what what does it take to be a leader? How do you how do you recognize patterns that aren't working and patterns that are? How do you cultivate your team? How do you set your brand? Yeah. How do you be consciously establish your culture? How do you make it work? So that's that's begins the program and that's carried all the way through. So we have we hear from CEOs from all different industries. Uh, Harry Kramer, Baxter Pharmaceuticals, familiar to many of us. Yes, uh, you know Baxter. He grew that from a four hundred million dollar company to a twelve billion dollar company during his time there. And, um, and, and, you know, in, 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 in business metrics, g- growth is what you look at. Um, and so that's, that's a huge success. And he, and he has written several books on leadership and he comes in a couple of times in the program and talks about what is it to be a leader? And he talks, and, and this is where, this is where it really becomes very personal and very meaningful for people because it begins with you knowing yourself and, and self-awareness, self-awareness and, yeah, true that's humility, huge. Yeah. and true humility and true humility. True humility, not humility. Oh, shucks! You know, I didn't mean to. No, like real humility. That yeah. you know, I, I, whatever, whatever that is in your grounding and your basis, where you get your your inspiration and in your and your uh, basis from, that begins with that true humility. Yeah, that and I think are... I think
0: I think it's it, it requires a sense of knowing who you are and knowing what your weaknesses are and knowing that it is okay to be weak in that and that maybe you need to rely or delegate that weakness to someone else. You don't necessarily have to be. Superman and have to understand everything and be great at everything. It doesn't work that way in business.
1: And how different is that from being a position where you're supposed to be everything, right? You're supposed you better to know, know
0: everything. Right? You better know how to it's round so well. You different. Better know, yeah.
1: Harry jokes about that. You know, don't try to tell your team that you know something when you don't know something
0: because they know what you don't know. <laughs> they you know, are you know, very aware of it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I can't use their names, but I recently went to a wedding in Los Angeles. I have a really good friend of mine, and he is a hotshot dermatologist. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if he listens to this show, so he may be upset, but either way, he knows. I love him. But uh, he's kind of had some issues with trans, uh, transitions, transitioning or people, uh, what's the word, turnover, with mm-hmm. uh, his staff kind of turning over. And one of his uh, friends, uh, someone who's trained with him said, well, they're not that surprised because they know his personality. Um, And it's really about inspiring. It's not just being the best physician that you can be or the best in your specialty. But like you said, it's inspiring your MA, inspiring your nurse, inspiring your coder, inspiring your greeter to all understand this unified goal. And how can I do that? And it's not about just throwing things around or being, you know, yelling or you know, just, you know, by hook or crook commanding people or demanding people, you know, follow your vision and they leave. I had the same issue of another friend of mine who's in Texas who he's part of a larger group of, of uh, you know, sports, sports medicine doctors and orthopedic surgeons. And they're constantly having turnover to the point where he had to step in because there were all these great from a CV standpoint physicians. They're great at what they do. They've done all of these surgeries. They have all of the accolades. But if you can't keep anybody on staff what are we doing? Right. So,
1: yeah. And, and, you know, you don't, you don't get there by, by beating people over the head and being the authoritarian You get them by inspiring them. And, you know, that goes to every part of the organization. Part of being the CEO is establishing a culture. What is culture? Culture is norms and expectations, right? So if, if people know what your culture is, well, how do they know what that is? Unless you talk about it, you have to talk about, and this, this is not something that we do often in, in medicine, because we try to stay agnostic to this, but you talk about your values. You talk about your values. So someone comes in to me as a physician, I don't ask, you know, are you a good person a bad person? I just treat them because we're physicians. But in your staff, in your organization, you have to talk about your values and you have to talk. And, and so if you talk about your values, you talk about your purpose, you talk about your mission, everyone knows this. And suddenly when someone has to make a decision, they don't have to come to you and ask you, Hey, Dr. Darko, what's the right answer here? They know the right answer because right. they know your values and they know your culture. Right. And, you know, Rich Carlton does this very well. Every, every employee of Rich Carlton has a $1,000 blank check that they can use anytime they want to solve any problem on the spot for any customer that they uh, think is
0: necessary. Got you. So they're not really robots. No. You know, if it and, doesn't and, fall and, within the workbook, they can yep. still figure it out. Yeah, I got you.
1: And if you ever walk into a Rich Carlton and you say to someone, hey, do you have your card in your pocket? They all do. And they pull it out. And it begins with ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And that's, Mm. that's, and they all know that. And they live that. If imagine the power of that in your medical clinic or in your, in your startup or in your office or whatever, your hospital, whatever it is you're running, if everyone knows your purpose to that extent where they, they, they live it and they breathe it and they just understand that's why they're there. That's leadership. That's inspiration. That's not thuggery over the head, beating them over the head to do something.
0: So let the let the audience know, because we just briefly went over. You said you're getting ready to go into your second module. So give us a quick overview of what the module is uh, for the second one.
1: Yeah. So this one is positioning your practice for growth or your business for growth. And so it's generally mainly around marketing. Um, but we've got, uh, we've got a chief marketing officer from a Fortune 100 company coming in, talking about big concepts in marketing. And marketing is not advertising, as you know, Nia, and you've got an MBA and you know, you've studied it, but you know, uh, marketing is not advertising. Marketing really is the one department that spans every part of the organization because it is the thing which both is your external face, your message, your brand, your promise to the world, and your internal delivery. that promise to the world and so it goes through everything and that concept of marketing understanding really what it is that you're about and being able to convey that in your organization is is key so we have a a lot on marketing i just mentioned harry kramer we have harry kramer coming in part of it being a position uh, ceo big dogs coming in (laughs) we got big dogs yeah we got big dogs coming in this time Mm -hmm. part of being a position ceo is being able to present yourself so we have a whole day on just how do you speak to a room how do you speak to a room how do you conduct yourself? How do you everything from where do you stand? How do you stand? How do you sit? Where do you look? When, how do you use visuals? All those other things, to Things like understanding what kind of audience you have. Are they data type people? Are they emotional type people? Are they going to be people that are going to respond to exp, you know success and experience? So the, all these different kinds of audience. Understanding that. Where do you put your eyes? How do you keep your eyes? How long do you keep them there? So this this we have a whole thing about presentations. And and we have a, a section on team building on this time. We have a lot of a lot of really strong content on um in a, in a day and a half just on what is marketing. And we have also a half a day on this very interesting topic called persuasion. Mm. Persuasion. And that's a fast. We have a, one of the one of the world famous professors in this, Brian Uzi, who is um written and you know, he's no and you go to any business school and it's like, oh, you know Brian Uzi. I mean, he's a big, he's a big guy mm-hmm. in the business school. Uh, world. and uh, But he's giving the socks the on on persuasion, which is very interesting.
0: So now when you, just so we remind everybody again, we talked about the module. The modules, once again, they start on Sunday or they start on Monday? Remind me again. So
1: people come in. So you know, one of the things we wanted to be very careful about was families. People have families and also they're tired at the end of the week. And there's also a lot of docs who have to see post-ops on Saturday morning. So what we do is um, start it in Saturday evening. People fly into Chicago, which is pretty easy to get to. And they get to Kellogg in time for a reception that starts about six o'clock. And then we have a nice dinner with a keynote and everyone gets together. And then we go through until Wednesday afternoon. And what's really cool is watching the class come together. The class this year is about 45,
0: 46 people. And the and hotel st- and everything, that's all in the same area, guys. Like, this same is, building. It's food, in the same building. Everything. Great is there.
1: Great food. Kellogg is rated, well, last year was number one in the business school. Um, rankings, but it was only number three in food, but they rank food very seriously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's watched the course, I've been there two separate times. Uh, the accommodations are very um, are very comfortable. I love oh, it. Yeah. Um, the ability to get dressed, get everything ready to go and come downstairs and get a great meal, a great breakfast that's not going to put you to sleep and then be able to start working and then have lunch and everything ready for you uh, throughout the day. All in one place, everyone. We're serious about this like it's they've thought of everything here so please i didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you guy
1: no no it's great so you know but watching people coming together with this group that's coming from six continents and we've got people from australia africa asia europe north america so it's amazing this, this group that's coming in um and and as they come together each time they recognize the common bonds that they have around purpose around mission around entrepreneurialism around leadership and they become very close the classes have stayed together all through the program, even after graduation. So that energy is just so positive. And and it's cool because it's, it's interdisciplinary. So it's not just a, you know all one specialty. We have about fifteen specialties in the program this year. So it's it's you you know I, I don't know about you, but I kind of hang around with ophthalmologists because that's what I do. That's your and click. Yeah, yeah, you probably <laughs> hang around with trauma surgeons, right? Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that's your thing, right? As
0: morbid as we can be, yeah, we hang out. We hang around <laughs> each other a lot, right? So. But, but
1: that's normal, right? But yeah. you know, I mean, I hadn't really hung around with these other people, pain and dermatology and plastics and orthopedics oncology, all these different people very much at all since medical school. And then, and that's been very, for me, that's been a real eye open. It's been very, very inspiring.
0: So uh, if you can get your geography hat on, let's see if you still remember how far away is the, who has the longest trip coming? If you can remember, because you said Africa, you said Europe. Yeah, we've got, we got a husband
1: and wife team coming from South Africa. Very cool couple. They were, they actually um, built a clinic. That's the longest flight. That's a pretty long flight in Soweto, South in one of the townships in Johannesburg. They're building okay. a, a clinic to serve that population and really awesome people. We have but we also have someone coming from Australia. So I'm not sure I'll have to put the miles on it to see who's coming furthest. We have someone from South Korea. He thought he was going to be the furthest, but he's Ooh, not Oh, that's gotta be the longest, right? No, that's South- actually South is kind of north in, in China. It's kind of just a it's actually not too bad. It's like flying to Europe, but a little bit longer. But uh, but Australia, that's a hike.
0: <laughs> so they come in, they do about, they go from, you said Saturday to Wednesday? Saturday to Wednesday. They Saturday go to Wednesday.
1: And for the U.S. people, they're home Wednesday night and they can be at work on Thursday and Friday. They never miss a week of work.
0: Yeah, you know, listeners, this is this is made for everyone to really, if you have a private practice, or let's say you're a hospitalist or you are a surgeon or a surgicalist, and uh, you don't want to be too far away from your, or you don't want to be too far away in terms of time, away from your practice, this is made. If people can come all the way from South Korea Johannesburg or even uh, you know other parts of Europe you know you could we can make this work so um, this is this is awesome so guy you guys are heading into your second module um, we have already established that leadership uh, can be innate to some extent but also can be taught Um You know, someone like me who's a hardhead, I definitely have always been on the leadership can, leadership is innate. And I think as I've gone through my MBA program and as well as started interacting more with you, understanding your teachings, understanding what's going on at Kellogg, I think obviously this stuff can be taught also. And I think for me, You know, one of the things that we did with Docs Outside the Box, with Darko Media Group, is I had to do my own self-assessment, as you are are well aware of. And I had to realize that there's certain things that I'm good at and there's certain things that I'm not too good at. And as a result, I had to shuffle that to Renee. And we've been able to grow exponentially now where we've been been able to bring on someone else because we just realized that, listen, maybe the the day-to-day managerial issues with Docs Outside the Box is not my strong point. And maybe my strong point is content. And um, I've, I've, I feel like sometimes we as physicians get caught into what we talked about earlier and having to be um, the master of all, basically, and, or at least the jack of all trades. And I think that limits us. Um, you know, to an extent, and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this, so that you know we could really understand what does physician leadership mean, and understand that it could be malleable. It could be something that is not related around perfection or having the answer for everything, but at least willing to engage, like you said, engage with folks in conversation, engage with folks in leadership, engage with folks um, with the uh, with the values that you want. You know, everyone within your organization, your group, your practice your department, your specialty to have. So um, anything else you want to leave us off with, Dr. Guy, before we get out of here?
1: No, but I really appreciate your leadership. I mean, what you're doing is leadership. What you're doing with this program is leadership. You're giving doctors the ability, letting them see the vision of what they could be beyond beyond their current doctor role. And there's so many, so many incredible people that uh, some doctors that do such incredible things. Uh, So you're giving them that that vision and that, and that overcoming their fear and giving them that expectation. And it's really awesome to do it. Wonderful to partner with you Lee. And I I really appreciate your support of the program. We've had some great people come to us through your program.
0: Some heavy hitters, heavy heavy hitters guys.
1: Heavy hitters. (laughs) And, um, and not to be, don't be intimidated by that because Mm. everyone, everyone fits. It's not that you have to be a heavy hitter to come to the program, but uh, we have had some really wonderful people come through. And I think that the, um, you know, the point that you make about innate leadership is,
0: <clears throat> is
1: is is you know, well taken. There are certain people that just are charismatic, but don't confuse charisma with leadership.
0: Ah, yes, I like that one. That's a really yeah, good one. Because
1: yeah. there's 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 a lot of if you think about, and it's one of the exercises we do, name some of the leaders you admire. And if you put them down on paper, you'll realize how different they are. There is no one formula. Everyone has a chance to be a leader. I have a friend who has a A funny, I'll leave this with you a funny comment that he makes all the time when he looks at organizations, and that is that there's always room at the top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and it's so true. Leadership is in such short supply. Physicians have such an opportunity to do this, and we just want them to, to do it. We want to help them to get there, and we want to help them to change the world with our values to run our profession the way that we see it should be run, because it should not be taken over by private equity or hospital systems. It should be run by physicians. We can use those people to help us administer things, but leadership needs to come from physicians.
0: Boom. There it is. Dr. Guy, dropping knowledge. Remember, if you want to learn more about Physician CEO, all you have to do is go to www.physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. Once again, that's physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. OTB. Or let's say you're running or you're driving, you don't have time to write all that stuff down. This will all be in the show notes so you guys can check it out, all right? Remember, this is Physician CEO. We got Dr. Guy Kazarian, who is the executive director of the Physician CEO program, which is a joint collaboration with Northwestern University, the Kellogg School of Management. Everybody, make sure you check it out. Check out the show notes. Dr. Guy, thank you so much for coming on Docs Outside the Box. We'll catch you on the next one.
1: Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it so much.